Sales win rates have plummeted to a mere 17%, and outdated technology and tedious manual processes are to blame. Meanwhile, managers lack the visibility they need to hold their teams accountable. But imagine a world in which these crippling issues are solved automatically. Revenue.io automates the most frustrating parts of sales so reps can focus on what they do best, selling. Completely automate pre-call research, logging conversation data in your CRM, writing post-conversation recap emails, and prioritized outreach. And as reps book more meetings and close more deals, managers gain the real-time insight they need to scale what's working across their entire team. Ready to say goodbye to tedious sales processes and watch your win rate soar? Head over to Revenue.io to learn more. It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. This is another edition of Frontline Friday with my notable guest, Bridget Gleason. Bridget, how you doing? I like it, Andy. Notable. We've changed it up a bit. Well, we, That's we, fantastic. We you, talked about that last week. You had suggested that we do that. And, I know. And so, well, yeah. I li- and that feels good. I like when my ideas get executed. I'm nothing, nothing if not compliant. Okay. Well, the good, good, good. That totally works for me. <laughs> so, uh, actually, we're going to lead off with a question that, that uh, someone had submitted in response to our, our requests to have uh, listeners submit questions. And, and this question, it's a, sort of a broad question, but I thought it ties into the topic we're going to talk about today. So the question was, somebody sent me via LinkedIn, was, geez, how, how do I find a sales job? You know, what's the best way about going, this is a, somebody that has a sales job, but is, is uh, transitioning from one, one company to the next. What's, what's the best way, they want to know, to go out and find a sales job? And this is, they were looking at, uh, yeah, inside sales role. Good question. It's funny. I had somebody um, ask me not how to get into it, but navigating the career once they were once they were in it. Well, I think for somebody right out of school, the most common path that I've seen is starting as a BDR and SDR, depending on what the company calls them. Right, but this person's Which, actually done that, so they're saying, okay. Either how do I find another SDR job, or what's you know they're really like, they're looking at the mechanics. I guess is is you know is LinkedIn the best way they should be going about it? Is you know look the work their network and and I just thought I'd throw that out there first because you know I've I've got some thoughts as well. Well, I th- I think number one your network and it some of it depends how big a network somebody might have or not have right out of school. You and I. In our advanced ages, obviously, Speak gonna have for a, are going to have a, a, a bigger network that we can draw from. But it, it's why I, I strongly suggest that people have mentors and other people that they, they see on a regular basis to help them with their career. Because especially at a time like this, for this person who sent in the question, 
looking for a job, it's really helpful to have someone who's perhaps been in a, a bit longer, who's maybe in a similar but maybe uh, different field. I think networking and who you know is very, very helpful, important when you're looking for a job. I think LinkedIn is great, but I would I would use LinkedIn the same way that I would use LinkedIn if I were were an SDR. I would exactly. I would I would almost approach it the very very same way that I would if I were an SDR, trying to get appointments for yes. my account executive. That's that's the point I was going to make. Is, you know, if you're mm-hmm. in an SDR role, you've developed these skills relative to using LinkedIn and other databases to find the people that you want to contact and start an engagement with. Same process. Mm-hmm. Same process. I mean, that's one one aspect. The other thing, though, is is also be a little more uh, foresightful, if you will, starting immediately, even though you're in the job. It may not help you with this job, but it could help you with the next job, mm-hmm. is get engaged with you know, LinkedIn discussion groups or answers on Quora or something where, you know, you're engaging in the community so that people know who you are potentially yes. beyond just a salesperson. And, you know, I've heard anecdotally stories from people that have said, yeah, I, I got this, this job opportunity through somebody that connected with me through a LinkedIn discussion group. And, yeah, obviously there's more work for them to do, but it opened the door for them. And so you're creating this, you know, it's part of your profile, it's part of your platform you're building. And, you know, this platform is something that stays with you. You know, it's one thing to have a resume, but we need to think about a resume in a more global sense, which is what is our platform that we're developing around ourselves, our brand, our personal brand, if you will. So pay attention to that. And again, it may not answer the short-term question that this one woman submitted, which was, yeah, what's the best way to go find that next job? But there's always a next job after that one. Yeah, and I like that. Andy, just always thinking ahead and that we are, we're the managers of our own career. We're the ones who are responsible and to be thinking about that sort of at every step of the way and always sort of have that path in mind that you're, you're, this is something you're building on. Your career is something you build block by block by block, relationship by relationship. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't have to answer the question of person listening, but but perhaps that's a start. Use your tap your network. Use the skills you developed in your current job at the SDR level to build out potential uh, points of contact for new opportunities. Then focus on longer term of building your platform. And I think that's that's a good start for that person. I think it is. And and LinkedIn does give us a good place to build that platform and to include things that we're passionate about and our interests and where we've studied and classes we've taken and things we do sort of on the side to become better professionals. So I think LinkedIn has given not just salespeople, but business professionals a place to sort of showcase and present and create a platform for themselves that I think is very, uh, very helpful, very powerful. Yeah, and the last point I'd make is I would take it beyond LinkedIn is that, uh-huh. yeah, share things you're interested about that have to do with, with your work on Twitter. You know, it's the more you can show the passion for what you're doing and have that come through in your entire platform, you know, including, you know, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Snapchat, you know, whatever you're doing, Instagram, because employers are going to look at those. And if they have a choice between people, someone that's looking like they're really engaged, they're, you know, tweeting out that they just attended this class or they're, you know, 
sharing something that they learned at a conference they went to compared to another person that just sort of seems like the head down, just sort of, you know, yeah, I show up, I do the job. That's a pretty easy choice for people to make. Yeah, I think that's right. And and I like also, Andy, all these different places to share. I, I keep hearing more and more about Snapchat as being the one also for business, which sort of surprised me, but um, that's that's becoming a popular a popular um, avenue and place where business is also uh, happening, which I think is very interesting. You got to kind of always be pay attention. Yeah, well, I mean, big brands are using it to tell their story, and uh, other people that aren't big brands are using it, you know, to tell stories and engage engage their audience. And do we start to think about that as as individuals? Yeah, you know, so if we have a brand and we're focused on a brand. The brand has has customers or an audience, if you will. So we need mm-hmm. to be mindful of the fact that yeah, you know, we're giving them information they can use to make a decision about us. Yeah, that's that's important. As we're talking, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, there are so many things that I need to do <laughs> just to continue to build the brand. Always sort of you know thinking ahead on that. So I think at any stage of our careers, there's something to be. Uh, to learn, there's something to be learned around this, and some, you know, benefit to continue building the brand, even if you're not in the market for a, a new job. It's, and I think it's probably most important when you're not in the market to be building the brand, and that will really help when you are ready to look for something new. Oh yeah, then you don't really have to think about it. It becomes part of your portfolio. So, okay, great. Well, it sort of ties with the subject we're going to talk about today. Is is really about career path for salespeople. Mm. And uh, we talk maybe more specifically about SDRs because you know, we do deal a lot with the tech business. You manage a big team of SDRs. Um, but companies handle it very differently. And, and that is another question that, that I hear pretty frequently, frequently Excuse me, is, yeah, I don't, I don't really see the career path for me in this role as, as an SDR. And we know the average... <laughs> average uh, term, if you will, of an SDR is pretty short, like 1.4 years. So, and oftentimes they're not going on to another sales job. So the question is, you know, how do we, how do we keep the good people and how do we give them a career path to help them develop to become who they want to achieve the goals they want to achieve in their lives? You know, I think about, again, I manage an SDR team and have, you know, for the last, past several years, most, most often than not, these are individuals who are right out of school or maybe a year out of school, and they're still trying to figure out, what is it that I want to do? What am I passionate about? What am I interested in? What am I good at? Where do I want to plug in in the business world? And so if, if the SDR role is their, their first role, they're still trying to figure it out. I, I think it's unrealistic to expect that all of them will want to continue sure. in the sales role. Oh, sure. I mean, yeah, we're going to get. We, you saw that you know, in your first job at Xerox. I mean, they hired, intentionally hired, overhired, I think. Yes. Knowing that they were going to wash out, you know, a significant fraction of them. And, that, and that's fine. And, and, and I think But the, it's really about the, the people that are left, right? That those that have the potential that, that aspire to something more within that field. And it doesn't seem like we're always doing a great job of, of sort of mapping out where they can go. Well, and I, I think also, Andy, I feel as a manager, and I know the manager I have here who manages the SDR team, who is just stellar, 
Um, it's, it's caring about the careers of these individuals, whether or not they want to go into sales. It's, it's looking at, at the role of an SDR manager as beyond and more than just, okay, how do I identify the ones that want to go into sales and then, and, and really focus on those? I, I think there's a, it's maybe the, uh, human, the philanthropic human part of me that feels a real obligation to people coming right out of school to help them find what it is, even if it's not sales. So having said that, we, we had somebody who, who started as an SDR here at Sumo Logic, and after several months in, she realized, you know what, this isn't exactly what I want to be doing. <laughs> and Said very nicely. And she went and took, uh, I think, a role at a, doing PR. And I don't know, maybe PR will or won't be what she really wants to do. But through the one-on-ones with her manager, they, they, they worked through that transition, I think, very seamlessly and without drama. That if it's not the right fit, let's, let's move on and, and keep going. For the ones that, that want to stay, I think there's a couple of things to look at. One, do they like, do they, do they want to move into a sales role? Is that the path? Is they're on it and interfacing with sales reps? Do they want to move into sales role? That's one avenue. Another avenue I see is that there's some of them that say, you know what, I really like the product. I like the people part. I think I'd feel more comfortable in the account management side. I, I that's, it's, it's a little bit more relationship-oriented. I'm not sure about the new business acquisition piece. There's that account management route. I've seen others. Sumo Logic is a technical product. I have individuals and have had individuals on the SDR team. I, I had this at Engineered also, who decided to go into a more technical role. So they became sales engineers, mm-hmm. and that's the path that they want to be on. Others have said, you know what, I love the company love what we're doing, believe in it, love the product. I don't think that sales is right for me. Is there something in, gosh, I had somebody, he, he wasn't an SDR, but he was a, a sales rep that went, uh, he was pursuing product management. Um, another looking at marketing and events. So I think if they love the company and it's a good fit and they're passionate about it and they, they really resonate with what the company is doing, there may be opportunities when the, within the organization, especially if you have a really high-performing individual. And so there may be our places within the organization that, that fit. So I like to just – I like to think of the SDR role as this is really their first exposure in many instances to – business to careers to what does this look like and how can I help them navigate navigate that early early path of where they want to go and what they care about right so but the question sort of the larger question though is is and it's been phrased to me in a recent interview I did with someone that sort of this sort of a generational issue is that it's like we've come full circle is when you and I got started or at least when you got started, I'm not as old as you are. Um, is, That's right. <laughs> That's fine. Is the um, is the path was pretty pretty well drawn? You knew what the next if you did well, you knew what the next role was. Not necessarily where the location was, but you sort of knew. And, it's, and similar to me, I knew that 
I did well. What happened to me? You know, 18 months I was a manager in my office. The next step was to go be a, a manager in a remote location, and then I could get a branch management job and so on. Um, and then it seemed like for a lot of companies, especially in the tech space, sort of became less willing to sort of have that sort of tightly drawn out. There's a lot more ambiguity about the, the career path. But now, again, this interview I had with this uh, VP of sales at a, a large tech company was what they're finding is that his impression was that you know millennials want to know what that path is, not that they necessarily want to follow it, but they sort of need to have that spelled out. And so are we doing enough to spell that out? Because maybe that's part of what uh, the turnover comes over is that you know people, there's too much ambiguity and and after investing a year and a half, yeah, that's a tough job to do for more than a year and a half. If they're doing a good job, they really want to know what that next opportunity is. I think we're doing a horrible job. I, I don't think we're doing a good job. And I, I think there is too much ambiguity. And I think it's, it's we're, we're getting better. And I think I see some companies doing better than others. I think we... Uh, it's easier to have it spelled out if you if you want to go do this traditional path, SDR to junior account exec, then you're an exact account exec, then you're seeing that path is well defined. Well, millennials don't necessarily want to go down that prescribed path, and so I think there are these different forks in the road that create a more complicated matrix mm-hmm. of choices mm-hmm. than we had in the past. We had. We had a choice. This is the path. Okay, you ju- you get on at this point, and you're on a train, and the train does not have a lot of different places it's going. It's going from point A to point B, and there's several stops in between, and that's really changed. There are a lot of different there are a lot of different veering off points that make it more complicated to map, and I think that's where that it's just it's it's a more complicated exercise to try to create this map. I think too that sometimes, and I've I've had this challenge at various points in time at different companies. Is someone may be ready to go to the next step, but perhaps the company hasn't grown fast enough to accommodate that promotion or that next step. Maybe that position isn't available yet, or let's say they want to go to a different department that that role isn't available yet. So sometimes. It's hard also to map a person's progress with the growth of the company and where the company's growing and what the needs are of a company. So I think it's, I don't think we've done a great job of it. Um, I think it's on people's minds that we do need to do this. But it's, I don't think it's also as easy, Andy, as when uh, you and I were on this path when it was. I, I wasn't thinking, huh, I'm starting in sales. I wonder what my choices are if I start in sales. I knew, I, I knew, I, di- I didn't think that. My choices are to keep going down this path. Okay. Yeah, well, I think that, that uh, that's a good point. I mean, I, I, I start going back for I've certainly been guilty of, of the crime of, Selling the virtues of ambiguity to new salespeople coming into an organization, <laughs> you know, when we're when we're, and I think it depends sort of on the stage, right? I mean, as and I'm really referring to companies that have really migrated past a, a stage where they're sort of, you know, just figuring out to where they've got a repeatable, scalable sales process that they're injecting people into this process that that 
at that point, then, you know, there's less ambi- inherently less ambiguity. Yeah, you still, there's still a lot of flux around the company and how they're going to grow and how successful they're going to be. But, but I think part of the way you attract good talent is even if people, my experience has been with salespeople, and I had this myself, is that even though I didn't necessarily have the intention to stay someplace for a long period of time, it helped to sort of understand the vision of where it could go because that was always one option. And yeah, I think that research has shown, and has been my again my experience as well, is that for the vast majority of salespeople, it's not always just about the money, right? It's really about what else can I achieve, right? There's status, there's you know prestige associated with closing certain types of deals and having certain accounts, and maybe if you aspire to be in the management, if that's the path you go on to be in the management, and those are you know sort of psychic rewards. And I think everybody sort of is attracted to those independent yeah, and of I, money. Yeah, and I'm, I, I would agree with that. I'm seeing that more and more, that money is a component, and it's not, it's not to be ignored. People care about it. But it's not the only thing that, that they care about. And you and I have talked about this, um, this term coin-operated. Salespeople are coin-operated. And I really bristle at that because... Well, I don't think... Yeah, you don't believe that, but you say people say that about them, yeah. They say that about them, and I, I think we, salespeople are not so single-threaded. And as you point out, they want to work with people that they enjoy. They want to be challenged. They want to feel like they're achieving something. They want a sense of pride in what they do. They, there's a lot of things that go into their satisfaction and how long they'll stay on a job and it's not just paying them the most. Absolutely not it. And, and studies confirm that over and over and over, that uh, we're doing ourselves a disservice if we treat salespeople like they are coin-operated and that that's the only thing that matters and we can essentially buy them. And particularly with this, the millennial generation, I think they are not easily purchased. Yeah, that's, sir, that's not that's not the only thing that matters to them. Right. Well, sir, we have sort of this interesting uh, evolution of what's happening in sales is that in certain segments, and I think this is you know absolutely a growing trend. There's increasing specialization in the roles uh, within sales, and there are some people that uh, like Justin Roth Marsh with his book The Machine, um, you know, advocates it's not going far enough in terms of specialization, and that if you take it to its sort of logical extreme, that, that um, sales reps, so if you become so specialized that, you know, to some degree, you almost, it almost becomes a little more automated because their responsibilities are much more narrow and it's much more of a repetitive process. It's sort of interesting. You know, we sort of have that, I think we're at this, I don't want to say inflection point is maybe too strong a word, but, but, yeah, I think we still don't understand how what the impact of of data and specialization is going to be on sales uh, in the long term. Yeah, data specialization and also technology. Well, yeah, and, assuming and, technology drives all of that, right? Yeah, uh, right. And just how much of that when you when we talk about specialization, how much of that is going to be done by just in the background through technology? There's a lot that's going to be done there too. And what I see happening and hope continues to happen is that 
the sales rep's role is going to get more interesting. And it may be specialized, but it's, it's, it's those parts of the sales process that cannot be automated, cannot be um, wrote, can't be done with a script, can't be templated. Uh, I think those that really the, the human piece of it that is, is very difficult to replace. So it'll be really interesting to watch how, how this all evolves um, over time and how technology and, as you say, specialization plays a role and how that affects the role of the salesperson. And I think if somebody's looking at managing their own career path independent of what a company might offer is, to your point, is, yeah, especially in the B2B complex sale and down some degree, we'll say, I'm not sure what level of complexity yet, but but we'll just say the complex sale to the enterprise B2B is, if you're managing your own career path, is building up your skill set, building up your business acumen to be able to understand the customer's problems, being able to ask great questions, you, know, you can pretty much map your own career path if you maintain those types of high-level proficiency in those skills and that knowledge. And that probably is the, for me, is the baseline advice for everybody in terms of career path is, is develop that. And then you can be like my notable guest here, Bridget, have your choice of where you go because you'll be in demand because you have those person-to-person skills. I mean, those are that, I call it the last mile, right? The last mile mm. that you're selling person-to-person. If you can master that, then yeah, there's always going to be a career for you in sales. Yeah, and if, if people buy from people. And until that changes, and yes, there's a lot that can be done that's automated and self-service, but there's still a large component of, of selling that goes on, people buying from people. And I think as long as that's the case, as you say, you you can have a good, long, interesting, healthy career in sales that you can almost write your own ticket and to sort of uh, map it out, but to be, to be the master of that and to be very thoughtful about what it is that you like to do and what you feel that you're good at and how to continue to hone your skills um, in that, I think sales is, 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 continues to be and will continue to be just a really a great career. A lucrative, it can be a very lucrative career, very interesting, challenging I mean, I've I've obviously been drinking the Kool Aid for quite some time, but uh, it's uh, I, I'm I'm still a big fan. I wouldn't go back and change it. Well, that's good since you're on the show every week and we're talking about sales. Excellent, right. good good perspective. So, well, great. Well, that's another that's a wrap on another episode of Frontline Fridays. Uh, as we have encouraged every week, as please do send in your questions and uh, we'll answer at least one as it comes in. And if we have time, we'll do more. And really about any topic sales-related, uh, if you're wild, you could send it about any topic, and we'll, we'll tackle that <laughs> if we know the answer. That's or right. An, or have an that's opinion. That's right. No shortage we'll of opinions. We'll probably have an opinion. We'll have an opinion about everything. That's true. That's true. All right. Well, Bridget, thank you as always. And friends, thank you for tuning in, and we will talk to you next Friday. All right. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guest, visit my website at andypaul.com. 
Hey, sales strategists. At Revenue.io, we're not just imagining the future of sales. We're building it. We offer the world's most complete platform for revenue teams, and we're featured in the most recent Forrester Waves for both sales engagement and conversation intelligence. With Revenue.io, you can slash call prep time to seconds, guide your reps in real time to have more successful conversations, and after calls, we generate ready-to-send recap emails so sellers can keep deals soaring toward the finish line at light speed. See the future of sales now at Revenue.io.